Oh, and welcome to the Hill here on News Nation. You are looking live right now at the White House where the five most important people in Washington just wrapped up an hour-long meeting. Part of their conversation, what can a compromise deal look like to solve the crisis along the southern border? The top Democrat, the top Republican on Capitol Hill just walked out of the White House. You saw some of the video there. And we will tell you what they said. Plus, the country's biggest banker delivering this warning to Democrats. I think this this negative talk about MAGA is going to hurt Biden's election campaign. Why Jamie Dimon says Donald Trump was right. But is he only telling half the story? And the tale of two totally different responses. The Lincoln difference between the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, and the royal family. <laughs> Thanks for being with us here on The Hill. I'm Blake Berman, joined today by Chris Steyerwall, News Nation political editor and senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, Ashley Davis, former George W. Bush White House official, Mick Mulvaney, former Trump White House chief of staff, News Nation contributor as well, and Johanna Mosca, former Obama campaign official and News Nation contributor. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. <laughs> All right, come on in. We've already got Mick a bit flustered. Chris said something to me 10 seconds before the show that had me going, what on earth are you talking about? We'll get into it here. Uh, But first, you are looking live right now, Southern Manhattan, where a judge today threatened to kick Donald Trump out of a courtroom. The former president expected to speak any moment now there in New York City. Again, live pictures, Donald Trump soon. He was in court today for the damages phase of the E. Jean Carroll civil case, where a civil jury found Trump Uh, sexually abused and defamed her. Now, the judge today warned the former president that he could be removed from the courtroom, get out of here, if he continued disruptive behavior. Here was part of the exchange. Uh, The judge saying, quote, I understand you're probably eager for me to do that. Trump responded as about the possibility of kicking him out. I would love it. (laughs) Hello to you all. Thanks for being with us here on the Hill. Um, You know, we've seen Trump, Iowa, court, New Hampshire, court, back to New Hampshire tonight. Is this, Mick, sort of a preview of what we're going to be seeing out of Donald Trump potentially the next 10 months? This is it. This is the plan. This is the how do I kick Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis out of the news every single day for the next X number of days. And after I've kicked them out of the race, how do I keep Joe Biden out of the news? This is, this is the model. And the Democrats have given it to him. Well, I think that'll work in the primary, but you don't want to be in the news in the general election. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, when you have two weak, unpopular nominees, that's what we're heading toward right now. We'll talk more about that later. But uh, you don't want to be in the news. You want Joe Biden in the news. Well, this is just helping Trump right now, as you said. The more he's on, the more he looks like a victim, especially with some of these cases. And this is another example. This is helping him. It's giving him free press. Is this what you want to see in July, August, September, October, early November? I don't want to see it as American. I I mean, this this idea of just flaunting the law because it benefits your political campaign, it's dangerous. Um, Look, as a Democrat, I think we're going to bring up again January 6th, unfortunately, he showed us who he is. He's got his son now saying that he wants to be president of the United States. So literally, you're going to have Don Jr. run after him, and then he's going to try to like save the White House for him. It's kind of terrifying, and I think someone should hold him accountable. Uh, Jesse Weber, News Nation legal contributor, come on in. Jesse, 
Um, what do you mean threatening to kick Donald Trump out of the courtroom? How's that the case? Explain it. So uh, Donald Trump was a little too audible, a little too loud when he was speaking with his uh, attorneys. Now, just picture this, right? We don't have cameras in the courtroom. Every time a trial happens, the defendant speaks to their attorneys about what's going on. He was a little too loud. And the judge was concerned that the jury who was sitting in this trial was overhearing what he said. And he was saying things allegedly like this is a political witch hunt. This is a con job. So the the judge said, you got to keep it down. Donald Trump wasn't keeping it down. Threatened to kick him out of the courtroom. Donald Trump said, I would love it, allegedly, and I have to believe that he wanted to. Because as we've been talking about, each one of these legal cases he's showing up at is like a campaign stop from him. Nobody's following the legal minutia of why he's losing these cases. I am, but for the everyday viewer, they're not, and it's going to look like it's political. Hey, Jesse, it's Mick Mulvaney. Quick question. I've been in a courtroom a couple of times, and typically when you, if you do get a party acting out, it happens from time to time, the penalty is not that the judge throws you out of the courtroom. The penalty is that the judge holds you in contempt and throws you in jail, which you can do in a civil case, um, at least temporarily. Did the judge even raise that today at all or not? No, I mean, that that seems like an extreme example. I don't know, maybe even in different kinds of courtrooms, the general times that I've seen it. I have seen criminal defendants, civil defendants kicked out of the courtroom if they're disruptive. Putting somebody in jail or for holding them in contempt is an extreme example, particularly when you're dealing with the former president of the United States. I don't think Judge Kaplan wants to be in that position or do anything that makes it look like he is biased towards Donald Trump. Anybody's going to look at it and thinks he's already losing because of politics, but really it's the law that is not on Donald Trump's side in this case. Can we put up those sketch images again for a second? Because <laughs> I was just looking at that and saying, wait, wait a second. Um, sketch know. image. The hair can we pop them back what? up? No, 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 not the hair. Not that one. Go, go forward to the next one. <laughs> okay, there we go. Is that a sketch image of him smirking? Is, yes. is that what that is? Yes. And this is what we're spending our time talking about. I mean, this is the problem, right? Exactly. But keep on what the law is here. Well, what this case is about. Wait, hold on a second. Tell me if I'm wrong about this. The case, she accused him of sexual assault, right? He said, I didn't do it. She's now claiming that his denial is defamation. That's that's what the root of this case is, right? Are we a, no a longer... jury of his peers already found him liable. Are we not so, 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 to deny it, these it, things it, anymore? If I can really clear this up real quick, he already yeah. lost a case with respect to comments that he made in 2022. A separate yeah. jury already found him liable for defamation and sexual assault. <laughs> Judge Kaplan said that that verdict already dictates other comments that he made in 2019 about E. Jean Carroll, saying that he's, she's not his type and that you know these kind of accusations are terrible. So the judge said because if he was already found liable in that case, he's liable here. All the jury has to decide here is how much he has to pay up in damages. So he, his attorneys are doing everything that. to suggest that he didn't harm. I get that. This is my question. If, if Johanna accuses me of sexual assault and I deny it and I lose in a civil case, not a criminal case, a civil case. Mick, and thankfully, I, is very respectful. Uh, Everyone should know and that. And I continue to deny it after a jury has said I did it. Again, not a criminal case, a civil case. And I continue to deny it to my, lying, to my last breath. Is that defamation? I think that's what this case is about. Or at least it was well, on the substance. Well, it's, it's like Just, you're saying awful things about me after I've said this, right? Jesse, that's what it's it's about. He's going out and saying that I'm a liar and a terrible person for saying something. 
So it's interesting because some of the comments that he made after losing the case are being used as evidence against him. But it has to be clear that it's the harm that results from these comments. Did she suffer threats? Did she lose job opportunities? That's going to be something for the jury to consider. Now, you could say that this kind of hurts First Amendment, but not really when you consider the context of these comments and the megaphone that Donald Trump has. Jesse, got to leave it there. Thanks, buddy. I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Jesse Weber, News Nation legal contributor. We just spent eight minutes and one second talking about Donald Trump. That, that yep. He just and won. The, yeah. yep. You think so? I mean, he just won this whole conversation. We just talked mm-hmm. eight minutes about it. But it's not going to work in a general it's per not. Chris Steyerwald. And I, dis- I, I disagree. I'm with, I'm with Chris, though, because he it revs people up. I, I, I'll give you the last word to start. I, th- I think it works like this. Uh, Donald Trump is at his best when he is a victim. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a natural victim's tendency uh, that is where he goes. And when he is victimized or feels victimized, uh, he makes common cause with lots of Americans who feel victimized, too, uh, and think things like what Mick just said, which is, oh, I can't defend myself. I can't speak up. I'm not out of order. This whole court is out of order. That works there. Trump's problem in a general election is he is the chaos candidate, right? And that is the message that Democrats are going to put forward. That this narrative becomes problematic with those persuadables in a general election. Okay. All right. So as Ashley's talking about, talked about this, uh, as for (laughs) the person that Trump's running against, uh, pretty big meeting at the White House that wrapped up just a little while ago. Live look right now, Eagle Pass, Texas, as it's the center of the fight uh, as it relates to what to do along the southern border. There there was a big meeting, the big four, uh, two top Democrats, two top Republicans, President Biden, about like 15 or so other members of Congress. The House Speaker Mike Johnson spoke after that meeting. Listen. The president was very forthright. I told the president what I have been saying for many months, and that is that we must have change at the border, substantive policy change. Okay, so that's the Speaker of the House. There's a $100 billion-ish package that they're trying to put together. We're hearing two totally different things today. The White House says this is mainly about Ukraine, the $60 billion aid to Ukraine. Mike Johnson says this is about border, 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 Ashley. Well, absolutely. I mean, he said from the beginning, which should be no surprise, that we have to take care of our homeland first. And unless we have a border deal, which he is only going to accept H.R. 2, which is not going to ever pass the Senate. So you're kind of coming at negotiations with this funding and with the with the border policy that's never, I, I just don't think it happens. However, I do think it was interesting um, is that Governor Abbott begged his senators today to get a deal done. So he wants to get on the border. He does not want this to continue to be a political issue, which we talked he about wants, yesterday. He wants a deal President Biden wants. A A deal, deal, does he not? And that's what they're saying is this is the opportunity to actually get a deal. Now, the White House. You're shaking your head. Well, Mick, the White House today in the same briefing said, you know, if Republicans wanted to bring up border security, they should have stayed over Christmas break. They dismissed. So I'm sure you have comments on that. It is. But my point is that that is Washington. So you tell me, is that the type of language? that surrounds getting a major deal done on a major piece of legislation. No, it's not. Look, these guys can't even agree on funding for the EPA next week. They can't agree on funding for Veterans Affairs. Do we really, it's human nature. You have to learn to walk before you can run. How do we expect them to come to an agreement on the really, really big deals when they can't agree on the small So stuff? Chuck Schumer was, was sort of bullish after this. Um, here was the, the top Democrat in the Senate after leaving that meeting. The president himself said over and over again 
that he is willing to make uh, to move forward on border. And so we said we have to do both. There were a couple of people in the room who said, let's do border first. We said we have to do both together. What did you just say during that? What did you just say during that soundbite? That's campaign language. Okay, Ashley. No, I agree. And I I actually think that what does he mean by border? I mean, he's never going to agree with some. The the, the White House has their straight line in regards to the asylum and more money for asylum seekers. That is never, ever, ever, ever going to pass on the House Republican I could actually. Can we can we get these guys some adult winter coats, please? Uh, the puffers, <laughs> you're the you're the you're the majority leader of the United States Senate. Please That's get the biggest a real problem Chester, in Washington. Please get a real Chesterfield grown-up adult coat. Uh, number one. Number two. Coming from a guy with four initials on his sleeve, by the way. <laughs> number two. In a boat. Not ashamed. Uh, number two. It would be fantastic for Joe Biden to get a deal done on this. It would be a stellar accomplishment. He needs border security. <clears throat> this is a terrible issue for Democrats. It would be magnificent for him to be able to go into the general election mm-hmm. saying, we are addressing the issues at the border. It would be a huge win. Which is exactly to, why. To get a deal. Don't get ahead of me, Mulvaney. <laughs> it would be a huge win for him to fund Ukraine. It would be a huge win to get funding for Israel. It would be a huge win for Biden to avoid a government shutdown. And that is exactly why the House Republicans are going to kill everything that comes down the pike, and they will sit with ashes in their mouth, yeah. and they will go through shutdown after shutdown after shutdown, because they're sure as heck not. And Mike Johnson basically said it. Mm. When Donald Trump, when our once and future king has returned to deliver us uh, from these dark days, uh, we will then have peace and happiness in the land. Until uh, So he's not going to help. Donald Trump, uh, speaking of live. Whenever you're ready. Well, thank you very much. So, uh, as you know, uh, the First Lady's mother passed away. The funeral is tomorrow, and we would have assumed that for a trial like this, it's not an emergency in terms of timing. Uh, the judge would have been very nice and would let me go because I want to be at every trial day uh, because I saw what happened in the first one where I was asked not to go by the lawyers very much. They said, It's demeaning. There was no evidence. There was no anything. And so I didn't go. And I understood exactly what he meant when he said it was demeaning. There was no reason to go and you shouldn't go. And I decided on this one, same judge, same judge. He's a radical Trump hater. And uh, I said, uh, I will go to all days. So what happened very terribly is we asked to just delay the trial for one day so I could go to the funeral tomorrow and then we could start Friday or Monday or any time they want. And he said, absolutely not. The trial will go on just as it is. You can go to the funeral or you can go to the trial, but you can't do both. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was terrible. So he would rather have me miss the funeral or go to the funeral, miss the trial. And that's a nasty man. He's a nasty judge. He's a Trump-hating guy. And uh, it's obvious to everybody in the court. It's a disgrace, frankly, what's happening. It's a disgrace. Happens to be a... Clinton appointment, but I'm sure that has nothing to do with it. So that's as to that uh, second order of business. I'm leaving right now for New Hampshire. We're making a big speech up in New Hampshire. We just got a poll in that uh, shows me leading by a lot. And I think we'll do there, maybe similar to what we did in Iowa. Uh, The difference is that in New Hampshire, they allow Democrats to vote for whatever reason in the Republican primary. And they also let 
uh, independents vote in the Republican primary. So that is a big difference. But we have uh, a nice journey. It's going to take place in about five minutes when I'm finished with you people. I'll be leaving for New Hampshire, in other words, right after this. And then as to the trial today, it was a very interesting day. Uh, as you probably noticed, it's a big story that the uh, witness today, the a person I never knew, I never had anything to do with. It's a totally rigged deal. This whole thing is rigged. Election interference. But this is a person I have no idea until this happened, obviously. I have no idea who she was, and nor could I care less. It's a rigged deal. It's a made-up, fabricated story. Well, they found out today that she got rid of a lot of evidence, as you probably noticed. She got rid of massive amounts of evidence. And in addition to that, she had a rifle or a gun, uh, because she said she bought gun bullets or rifle bullets. And it was the opposite, I guess, of her gun. And uh, was it licensed? No, it wasn't licensed. So I guess she's got a difficult problem. That's going to be her problem. But she has a gun or a, or a rifle. She didn't really explain which. She might have both because she said she bought rifle bullets. So uh, and it's totally unlicensed. So I assume that's a problem. But the judge was protecting her. He didn't want to go there. We don't want to go there. We don't want to. If that were me, it would be a different story. But with her. Uh, the judge is totally protective of them. And frankly, anybody in that court would see it. It's frankly, it's a disgrace. That's probably one of the reasons our country is going to hell. So the big take today was that she deleted and destroyed massive amounts of evidence. And we think that the both trials should be thrown out because it's ridiculous. They should be thrown out. And I, frankly, am the one that suffered damages. I should be given money, given damages. And that's where that is. And with that being said, I'm heading out to New Hampshire. Thank you very much for being back here. Oh, my God, he's got it. Thank you. Uh, Donald Trump. Thank you very much, everybody. Nice to see you. Donald Trump live in New York City, as you just mentioned, out of a New York uh, City courtroom in a civil uh, case against him, heading now to New Hampshire. Sometimes I wish we could do a show about what was said during the commercial break <laughs> when the microphones are off. No, what, what we were, were not. You were saying, you, you and Mick were saying what as this was happening? Um, I, I, He's I actually quiet. I didn't say this out loud, but I will, I will say this. Um, you, you, you thought that that wasn't that, helpful that for the general? No, I don't think no. that's helpful for the general. But I also think Trump looks tired. I think he looks pooped. Oh, see, I think that was a victim look. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But you saw him in Iowa. <clears throat> you saw him here today. He's had this death in his family. He's har- he's hearkening back to the Along death his of mother. his mother-in-law yep. several times. Yeah. He's got this. And yes, he's playing up the victim thing. But he does look tired. Well, he, he does look a little bedraggled. He and Biden would have been in the same high school. So they're not that far apart. Mm-hmm. Did they have high school back then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're Mick, Mick, you, you were, I wonder what you were thinking when you watched that. My, my point was, I disagree with Chris respectfully, is that, that that is the model that worked for him to get an extra 10 or 12 million people to vote for him okay. over tw- in 2020 versus 2016. So it, it might not persuade people, but it will get people off their sofas to go vote for him. I think it's weird and chaotic, and I think that suburbanite in uh, Phoenix and Atlanta will not, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. And that's what makes markets, right? That's right. All right. Uh, Coming up, New Hampshire is in with Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy out. We just got our first snapshot, by the way, of what the race could look like with some new numbers. And Steyerwalt breaks it down on the other side of the break. Plus, Kate Middleton, King Charles, and (laughs) Lloyd Austin. (laughs) 
the link and the lesson when the hill on news nation returns All right, welcome back here to the Hill on News Nation. So six days to go until the Republican primary in New Hampshire. So what do the exits of Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy, combined with Ron DeSantis looking past the Granite State, mean for next week's primary? Styrol is here to break it all down. Chris? Well, as we pause briefly in between Iowa and New Hampshire, uh, it's good to be back with you here on set. But let's take a 30,000-foot view. Let's, let's elevate the conversation. Uh, where are we in the race in New Hampshire? Here's where we were in early January. This was the race as it was. So let's take a look at these numbers. Uh, and you see it there. 46, 26, 12, 8, 2. Okay. Uh, this was when Nikki Haley was getting a little momentum and moving up. From the same pollster today, this is uh, Suffolk University. They do a tracking poll with the Boston Globe, and we'll get to see a lot of this uh, between now and Tuesday. What are the numbers? Trump's up, right? Trump's not down. Trump's up. He's up four points. And Haley's up. She's up eight points. That's good. Ronnie D, down. It's not good for Ronnie D uh, in New Hampshire. Um, how, what do we make of this? We make of this that Vivek Ramaswamy's share and some of Ron DeSantis's share went to Donald Trump, right? We can see that very clearly in his four points. And most of Christie went to Haley, and some probably aren't ready to be there yet. Um, so Nikki Haley is not where she wants to be, right? That's a result that's not too different from what we saw in Iowa. Uh, if that poll was predictive, which I'm not saying it will be, that would be a result not too different from Iowa, and it would also be effectively the end of the Republican nominating process. Uh, we would be done on Tuesday because Haley, in a distant second, uh, with uh, Ron DeSantis uh, down sab- jack-rocking her, sabotaging her in South Carolina— that, that's a story that doesn't go anywhere. So it's all over, right? Well, I'm going to make the analogy again. I've made it several times before. Nikki Haley is down two touchdowns with five minutes left to go in the game. Uh, that means she needs to score and then recover an onside kick. I'll give her a 5% chance. It's a very narrow lane. But what does that look like? Here's what it looks like. Look at that number. Look at these numbers. These beautiful, beautiful numbers that were put together. Oh, there's more registered independents in New Hampshire than there are Republicans. That is significant. Why is that significant? Because if you look at the numbers from 2016, uh, 285,916 votes were cast in the 2016 uh, Republican primary in New Hampshire. I doubt that many votes will be cast this time. I doubt it. Um, but even but it, but even if there were, there are more than enough independent voters in New Hampshire to make a difference. What does that look like? Well, look at see here. Look at see here. Look at that. We're living a lot in 2000 these days. We're gonna we're gonna be playing old school rap before you know it. Here it is: 2000 New Hampshire Republican primary exit poll among independents. 61% of independents went for John McCain. 19% went for George W. Bush. That's how John McCain won there. And one last thing that I'll point out. That happened when there was a hot contest on the Democratic side. That was when there was a, a, a spicy race that was going on between Mick's old and is the only one up here old enough to remember what it was like uh, when Bill Bradley, the super tall Bill Bradley, uh, took 
to the buzzer Al Gore. So there was a real race going on in 2000. Dean Phillips is not uh, a real race in New Hampshire. So there's a lot of independent voters that might be available to Nikki Haley. It's a narrow lane, but that's what it is. Firewall so we, breaks we were all it old down. I broke it so, down. So, yeah, okay. so, and, and you are, hold on, you're, you're in like Nikki Haley's world, so I'm wondering what your reaction well, is to that. Well, I just want to say, first of all, I appreciate your young comment, yeah. but I was actually in New Hampshire for Bush uh, and McCain. I, and would we were going, I would never presume. I would never presume. Thank you. Like you missed my birthday party. Like oh, through for me. I, I was a student. Anyway, five percent. So, no, no, no. gives you a five percent shot. I think shot. though that what you just said is those independents, and it's really hard to pull that. Yeah. Um, and so, but but it's going to be hard for her momentum if we're not getting those numbers going into the next week. But I do. We were going into that race that you were talking about in two thousand with Bush, and he was up going into New Hampshire. We yeah. lost by sixteen points. That's right. So um, Delaware obviously became really important after that. But I think that. I mean, listen, she's going to do everything she can. Sununu's going to do everything he can. and so she, um, But she needs to... She really needs Chris Christie. She It would mm. really be helpful to her okay. if he would come out and work for her and do that. Because she can't say the so, thing to, to his voters that... That yeah, she that they would need to be uh, pacified and mollified. She can't say, "I think Donald Trump's the worst." Right. I think he's the devil. She can't say that stuff. So she needs Christie. Mick to say wants it for to her. jump in, but I want to ask Mick about this uh, article on the Hill today. Let's show it. Mulvaney, why a 2,335 vote margin in Iowa likely guaranteed Trump the nomination. Explain yourself. What are the headlines coming out of Iowa? Number one, Trump wins. Trump wins by more than 50 percent. But the next biggest story is that DeSantis survived. He finishes second in that race. If he finishes third, he's done. And it really is a two-person race. The margin between Ron DeSantis moving on and Ron DeSantis going home was 2,335 voters. That's an incredibly small number of people, and it just goes to show how important every vote are. Every vote is, especially yes. in these small states. Mm-hmm. So, DeSantis does look like a different candidate last but you, night. But you guys all did just see that he pulled out of New Hampshire, and he's going to just he's going to South Carolina. That was, pulled, that was planned from the very but, beginning. Yeah. But, but, but he... Not, I don't know. I thought he was going to play. His... his, his effort to sabotage Nikki Haley may have as much to do with 2028 as anything else, right? That he still has high favorabilities in the Republican Party. And if he can injure her chances and keep her out, that he can finish his second. And then he can be the heir apparent. He can be the John McCain, the Mitt Romney, the guy who comes next. All right. Uh, Coming up here on the other side of the break, uh, the world's or the country's biggest banker. He was on the other side of the pond today and he said, you know what, Democrats, you should listen up. Donald Trump, in his view, was right. What Jamie Dimon said and his warning for Democrats on the other side of the break. All right, welcome back. So he is Wall Street's biggest banker. And in recent years, he has said his heart is Democratic, but his brain is kind of Republican. Today, Jamie Dimon, the head of J.P. Morgan Chase, was pretty crystal clear, though, about the upcoming election saying he is cautious about the economy, and he offered a couple warnings to Democrats, including this right here. Just take a step back, be honest. He was kind of right about NATO, kind of right about immigration. Mm-hmm. He grew the economy quite well. China, China ta- virus. Ta- tax reform worked. Yeah. He was right about some of China. I don't, th- I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. When he, when he may have been right. He, he, and I don't like how he said things about Mexico. I don't like, but he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why they're voting for him. 
That's why they're voting for him, Johanna. Yesterday, yesterday we that? were talking about how out of touch Jamie Dimon is. Well, there's, and, there's an element to like saying that in Davos, and, and, but just listen exactly, to the words for a second. Exactly. I want to talk I mean, about what he said. The Democratic Party is not going to take a lecture from him you know, overseas on what they're doing. But I've been saying it over and over. I don't like us calling other people MAGA conservatives. I think we need to bring the country together. And we were talking a little during the break. It was interesting to see Ron DeSantis try to say he's the candidate to do that last night. He was up on stage in the town hall essentially making the case he's going to bring our country together. I do think if you have a candidate in the general election who says that, it is going to be the upper hand. Okay, so no, go no, on. I then I want to say two things. One, um, Secretary of Treasury, maybe. I mean, there's always been like whispers about what his true intentions are. Um, yeah. But no, because I thought he had good points. But I completely agree with you. I hate when both parties call the other parties people crazy. Mm-hmm. So he, like the crazies on the right. Well, it's, crazy. Crazy. it's just nasty. So here, hold, on, hold that thought for a second, because here was Jamie Dimon uh, also on basically Democrats saying, uh, or there's warning to Democrats on just sort of labeling Trump supporters MAGA. Watch. Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, Let's hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, really? Like, can we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to them a little bit? And, and I do think the economy will affect. And I think this this negative talk about MAGA is going to hurt Biden's election campaign. Hurt the campaign? I think it does. And it, 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 it hurts the country. And here's why. Is that, look, we all attack the other side. I don't like what you're going to do on Social Security. You don't like what I'm going to do on national offense, whatever. But if you win, we can still get along afterwards. If I've called you a fascist yeah. or Hitler the whole time, which is what some of the Democrats are, that's the language they're it's using now. Both sides are. The fascist I mean, Your former boss is kind of doing a little of that, but, too. But how do we get along after that? Exactly. If you're, if you're Jamie Raskin, who's been out there now talking about, you know, MAGA is fascism and House Trump Democrat. Is okay, House Democrat. When Trump wins, is Jamie Raskin voting to certify that election? Or is he mm-hmm. not voting to certify the election? If he doesn't vote to certify the election, does he undermine democracy just as much as all the Republicans he's been complaining about for the last four years? The language is getting out of control. I don't, this, I don't agree with Jamie Diamond very often. I saw, think he's right right there. You, you saw, saw that the Biden administration apologized yes, to Asa so Hutchison. That's yeah, what that I said. I have it. So, yeah. the, the DNC yeah. stepped in it. They had a response to Asa Hutchinson. They put out, this news comes as a shock to all of us who could have sworn he had already dropped out. And then Jeff Zients, the chief of staff called him to apologize. Good. And I think that yeah. they need to do more of Very that classy, apology. The, 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 what do you think Jamie Dimon hits on there? So we were talking before about primary versus general base versus persuadables uh, as it relates to Trump and his war against the American legal system. Uh, this is the Democrats version of this. Talking about the threats to democracy, talking about the danger of the fascist tendencies, talking about all those things, juices their numbers with core Democratic groups. And that's how you get dispirited Democrats to the polls. The anti-MAGA is the Democrats' version of MAGA. However, with persuadables, just as Jamie Dimon said, when you get into the general election, they're like... I don't know. I mean, Trump was kind of right about the border. I mean, that's a, it's chaos down there. I don't know. So the 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 problem always, and I just tell you this: it's the electorate's a Mickey Mouse balloon. You got two ears. You want to squeeze this ear, the other ear is going to get bigger. So picking how you're going to hit 
them and do it so that you don't hurt yourself too much with persuadables in the general election and still fire up your base is hard. And I don't think either party does a particularly good job of persuading anybody. By the way, how helpful has he been to, to Nikki Haley? Because he's supporting and urging folks to, to support Nikki Haley. Yeah, again, I think that goes back to the conversation that we were having about people like Jamie Dimon sometimes in a Republican primary supporting Nikki isn't helpful. Not helpful. No. Well, how is it helpful? I mean, it would be from a financial perspective, right. but it's not helpful for a voter when someone in... When Wall Street comes know, in and says, well, and it's, not this person. it's not helpful four years down the road. Um, for when her. She wants to run again, and now she's got okay. this taint of being the Democrats' favorite candidate. That's not, that's not helpful long term. All right, coming up, uh, still to come here from the Hill on News Nation, Lloyd Austin, King Charles, and Kate Middleton. Oh, I said. There's a link there. <laughs> and is there something, actually, that the United States can learn... United States government from what the British uh, said today about the royal family. We'll get into that on the other side of the break. And they're telling me in my ear, don't forget to mention the showtime. Okay. Uh, new showtime next, uh, starting next week on Monday. There it is. We move to 6 o'clock. Elizabeth Vargas uh, will be in this 5 o'clock Eastern hour. The Hill, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central. We are back on the other side of the break. Thanks for the reminder in my ear. We're back. <laughs> You know the 80s. Oh, yeah. Neon colored everything. Shoulder pads like a linebacker. Plutonium powering your DeLorean. The stuff works. Moonwalk <laughs> through the 80s and 90s on Rewind TV. It's a totally outstanding television network that's free over the air or on cable. This is a big deal. Your favorite sitcoms from the 80s and 90s are all in one place. Rewind TV. Just go to RewindTV.com and check it out. After I lost my mom, I lost my way. Then I found youth advocate programs, yet yeah, behavioral health services. As a little kid, I made some mistakes, but I'm not a mistake. YAP gives communities alternatives to residential care, youth incarceration, and neighborhood violence. After completing our program, nearly 90% of participants remain in their community. YAP works. I'm working towards a bright future. Youth advocate programs. Others talk social change. We make it happen. Learn more at yapinc.org. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. VA provides free or low-cost health care to eligible veterans and covers everything from preventative to specialty care. No one knows veterans better. Sign up at VA.gov, call 1-800-MY-VA-411 or visit your nearest VA medical center. Come see why 90% of patients say they trust VA for their health care. Where can the skills you learn with ham radio take you? Amateur radio, often called ham radio, is the place where today's engineers got their start. Ham radio is more popular than ever before. With hands-on training in electronics, engineering, and digital communications, modern hams interface computers and radios in entirely new ways. Ham radio in the 21st century can take you around the world or into a whole new career. Learn more. Go to ARRL.org. Join us. Thanks for listening to News Nation on the Go. I'm Elizabeth Vargas, and this is America's source for engaging and unbiased news. Special guest, Bill O'Reilly on Cuomo. The one and only. TV's liveliest, most honest debate. If you disagree with me, you're not even listening to what I'm saying. Tonight at 8, 7 central. It's good to see you, big man. Only on News Nation. 
Are you prepared for an emergency or disaster? Because it's not a matter of if, but when. Don't find yourself saying, <laughs> When the storm rolls in, my time to find a pet-friendly evacuation center will have run out. The scorching heat wave will leave me powerless to cool my insulin. I'll face a hurricane without meds. Now that's a tough pill to swallow. Let's prepare so we all have a better story to tell. Get started at ready.gov slash older adults. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is McGruff the Crime Dog, and I need you to help me take a bite out of crime. Counterfeit products are popping up everywhere. If you think buying them is harmless, think again. Counterfeits are usually made with hazardous and even lethal ingredients that could harm you and others. And the money you paid, it goes right into the hands of criminals. Remember, if you don't know where the products came from, how could you know where the money goes? You're smart. Buy smart. Go for real. Learn more at McGruffPSA.org. This message is brought to you by the United States Patent and Trademark Office and the National Crime Prevention Council. Many Americans have missed regular dental care in the past few years. It's important to see a dentist twice a year to identify any problems early. Taking care of your oral health helps overall health. Brushing at least twice a day with fluoride toothpaste and flossing daily can help prevent oral health problems. For more information, visit hrsa.gov oral health. Over the last few years, things have got weird. And for our kids, these things can be overwhelmingly stressful. Scientific research and real-life experience tell us that the number one antidote to stress is authentic, trusted relationships. So that's why I... That's why I... That's why I am committed to building and maintaining a trusted space. This is a trusted space. Access free films and resources to build trusted spaces in your schools and communities at atrustedspace.org. To the Hill on News Nation. So, the 911 call that led to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's emergency hospitalization on New Year's Day now public. The tapes suggest that the secretary wanted a muted initial response. Can I ask, but can the ambulance not show up with lights and sirens? Um, we're trying to mm-hmm. remain a, a little subtle. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, usually when they turn into a residential neighborhood, they'll turn them off, uh, but they're required by law to run with them with the main street. <clears throat> now, a similar situation today across the pond, but with a very different response. Kensington Palace announced that the Princess of Wales, Kate Middleton, is in the hospital after undergoing a planned, uh, planned abdominal surgery. And then hours later, Buckingham Palace released a statement on King Charles III. Like Secretary Austin, King Charles will undergo surgery next week for his prostate. The king's condition yeah. is benign, but public engagements for a postponed uh, will be postponed for a short period of time. This was too... Totally different <laughs> ways to go about it. You had Lloyd What's Austin going on in that head of yours to link these two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. two different ways to go about it. And Lloyd Austin kept the president out of the dark. Yeah, you were right. fired up about this. I'm so yeah. fired up. It's the whole Kate Middleton thing. And I, I love the way you think. <laughs> I, you know, don't get me wrong. Look, it's two. It's kind of. The, I mean, first off, as we sit here, both men are expected to be okay. Thank yeah, goodness. Yeah. But I mean, the, the the way that they went about it at Kensington Palace and the way that they went about it over well, at the Defense Department. I wonder if they learned something after Austin has been. So over much here. Uh, pressure. I, I do have to you're shaking your head at me or at someone this, else. I, 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 believed, I believed once that I could go the rest of my life and never hear 
anything else about the reproductive organs of Charles. <laughs> we were subjected to quite a lot of it yes. uh, during his marriage to uh, Princess Diana and in the subsequent period of time, and I thought, well, at least I'm through with that. The man is old, and we won't have to hear about any of the royal prostate ever again. <laughs> and here you are, Blake Berman. You're subjecting me to this. So uh, you're shaking your head at me is what you're saying. Well, I'm just I'm shaking my head at the royal prostate. I'm bothered. I'm, I'm troubled. This is why we had a revolution, so that I didn't have to know about the internal organs of the of the can nether I, regions can I stick of the up for the for Biden on this just for one stick second. up for, for Biden yeah I mean okay. this was Austin's what's decision. going on with his prostate no, no. no. God, no. Um, this is this was Austin's yeah. issue yeah. it was not the president's whether he's sticking beside him or not I mean the three of us all know White House policies sorry did you work in the White House no okay. no I'm um, but I mean this like him. doesn't happen in an administration Austin obviously made a huge mistake I, I agree so he he made a he'll huge be out mistake. He's, he's you going, think so? Oh, he's done. So then why hasn't it happened? I, I don't know, Chris. Can't do That's right what you can't I, do it while he's in. What do you mean? Well, like, and look, well, he's 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 out. After, right? Has he, or soon after Afghanistan, there were a lot of you know at requests for a head to roll, like from the administration. Somebody needs to take the fall, and nobody was pushed out. I also worry that at this point, with all of the conflicts going on. Biden's not going to necessarily want to be in a position where he doesn't have a fully staffed Department of Defense that all trusts one another. Well, it's, it's obviously yeah, I mean, clear that uh, Lloyd Austin is not that essential. If he could be off the job, that he could was be off the question. job for a week. Uh, <laughs> the, he's done, and that audio of them like, hey, yeah. if you wouldn't be subtle. could just be Turn cool off the about lights, bringing right. the ambulance. Well, that, that doesn't bother me because why would you want, I mean, everyone in the town, in the neighborhood probably knows it's the I know, but it's secretary. And, yes, I know, but that doesn't really bother uh, me. It, but can I just say one thing? Yeah, Rumsfeld it. was in the Oval Office every day when yeah. we were, last time we were at war. And I mean, I'm not saying we're at war right now, but I mean, the security around this world is... Yeah, it needs and to Donald be Rumsfeld was not af- And Donald Rumsfeld was not afraid of the press. Donald, Rump- Donald Rumsfeld was ready to go out and deal with them and do all that stuff. So, hold on. I want, I want to get to Mick in a second. Here, though, Seth Moulton, Democratic congressman, uh, Iraq War veteran, on the show the other day. Watch. It's up to the president as to whether he fires Secretary Austin, but I tell you what, he needs to send a decisive message that this is never going to happen again. If I were the president of the United States, I would fire him in about five minutes. Okay, so he says he would do it in about five minutes. You say, as a former chief of staff, you have to wait. No, I, I, explain no, no, yourself well, there. What's the well? Thing? What I said last week was he's going to be gone. He should, yeah, you did running, say that. Running a properly run White House, he needs to be gone. If you're going to pick a time because he's still in the hospital today, or maybe you want to do it on a, on a Friday. You right. want to do it on a Friday afternoon. You want to do it when there's another news day, so you can right. bury it someplace. There's some strategy involved there, but the decision should have already been made. Yeah. He's gone. It's just a question of there, how. There was a time uh, at the White House during the Trump administration where us as reporters, Friday afternoon, it was like, okay, Who's when's out? it coming? <laughs> like, exactly. by the Refresh the Twitter thing. It wasn't just you. (laughs) (laughs) And we will leave it there, Mr. Mr. Mulvaney. All right, Elizabeth Vargas is up next. Uh, She is interviewing the attorney representing Daniel Penny in the New York City chokehold case. That is Elizabeth Vargas reports uh, in about 10 minutes' time coming up here on News Nation. But before then, tackle football and California's governor. A big decision in Johanna Mosca's home state and an interception that could impact kids all across that state. So what does Gavin Newsom and peewee football and legislators in that state all have to do together? That's on the other side of the break.
special guest, Bill O'Reilly on Cuomo. The one and only. TV's liveliest, most honest debate. If you disagree with me, you're not even listening to what I'm saying. Tonight at 8, 7 central. It's good to see you, big man. Only on News Nation. All right. So before we say goodbye, here's a couple stories that caught our eye. The California governor, Gavin Newsom, on defense, you could say. He announced uh, that he would block a bill that bans tackle football for kids in his state under the age of 12. The governor saying, quote, I am deeply concerned about the health and safety of our young athletes, but an outright ban is not the answer. So that's how Newsom's treating it. Um, What about former President Donald Trump? He was asked, you might remember, a few years ago about whether he would let his own son play football. This is what he had to say. It's very, it's a very tough question. It's a very good question. If he wanted to, yes. Would I steer him that way? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Okay. Uh, so Gavin Newsom, basically, I, I love this. This line basically saying that he saved California Democrats from themselves with this decision. Uh, okay, so he also banned magic mushrooms when okay. they passed magic mushrooms. So he is trying to play this, like, more moderate uh, governor these days. But, I mean, kids under 12, I think a lot of parents are self-opting out. But I thought Trump's answer is the answer that a lot of parents have, right? Which is, look, I, I, I won't push them that way. They want right. to do it. I give it a shot. My wife was not pushing my triplets yeah. to football when they were young. But that's the difference between Republicans and Democrats. How Okay. Republicans are going to go, look, we'll make a family decision. Democrats are like, nobody can do it. I think Newsom is playing it smart here because he wants to run for president in 2028, and he can't be seen as a big nanny state California Democrat. Flag yeah. football is a great option yes. for kids under the age of 16 as their brains are still developing to figure out the stuff, and they can catch up when they get more physicality and their brains get more. But I think he just called you a Democrat. No, 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 no he's assuming he's a Democrat. He, are you going to make a law that requires that? I, I'm not going to make any laws. I don't even vote. I'm not, I'm not going to do any. I learned you told that, me before I learned that, that you wanted your son to play hockey, though. He does. He does. And I'm willing to do it. And But as he gets older. But I, I understand the thing. And, and, you know, we talked about the peewee football, tackle football, when they're younger. I, I, get, I understand. But, no, I don't think that the regulation is the answer. Okay. Uh, how about this uh, as well before we go? The Vice President Kamala Harris in South Carolina earlier this week, a couple days ago on Monday. Uh, there she is. <laughs> so the question is, as Chris oh my gosh. what do you see when you see well, this she, picture? She dropped into an event. She dropped into an event with the South Carolina Gamecocks yeah. uh, women's have, basketball team. Oh, my so God. I so, have been to some of, I've orchestrated hundreds of these like okay. events. And the enthusiasm of the players and the when you drop into student sports events, it is like something incredible. And it should always. Regardless of who the president is, to have the president come visit is a huge thing. And the vice president. Why why the laughter? It's a a funny picture. What are you talking about? She's sniffing a basketball. She's got this crazy grin on her face, and she's holding a basketball up like this. That's just a funny picture. Look at that. That's funny. That's just a funny picture. When you're vice president, they take 10 million pictures of you. Sometimes they take a picture of you basketball in your face on the trail real quick out in South Carolina. Why not? She's state. vice president. Yeah, she look, vice president. If you talk all day for a living, you're going to say something stupid. I probably said six <laughs> stupid things in the last hour. If, you are, <laughs> if every single thing you do all day long is is photographed, you're going to have some bad pictures. I'm with I'm with Johanna on this one. It's good to have them out. The p- kids love it. It's not bad press for the president, and awesome. it works. No, I'm just saying. And by the way, women's pictures are always criticized way more than men. Yes. Mm. I criticize so many pictures all of the time. I would take a backseat <laughs> to no one in being critical of pictures of politicians. <laughs> 
Gotta leave it there. Uh, thank you for watching us here on The Hill on News Nation. We'll be back here tomorrow. Elizabeth Vargas reports. Starts right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm Elizabeth Vargas. We've got an important hour of news for all of America, and that means you. So let's get started. Is he a hero, a vigilante, a murderer? Ex-Marine Daniel Penny's request to dismiss his case in the subway chokehold death of a homeless man, Jordan Neely. Shocking witness statements from subway riders fearing for their lives. Was it enough to sway the judge? The Pentagon responds to the eerie jellyfish UAP video we showed you here last week. But will it confirm its authenticity? And a Chinese lab is in the news, and that's rarely good news. Scientists reportedly experimenting with a 